Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me is Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, we are also joined by Garrett Neely. Garrett, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Doing good. Uh, today is a special episode because we actually have a special guest joining Garrett, Adam, and myself. And that is Jay Yee. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. It's uh, I feel like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Jay, uh, like Garrett and Adam, I met them through kind of the kind of funny community. And oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we're we're all kind of funny best friends here. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I posted i think late last year on the subreddit trying to see if any other kind of funny best friends wanted to join in on uh games are fun and jay hit me up and we finally after many weeks got him on the show so i, I hit him up this week with not much notice and be like hey man we're recording this sunday are you, you free to join and he was down so yeah it's it's great to finally have you on the show um jay is actually a podcaster himself he hosts a podcast called we are not game devs so Jay, in your own words, how would you describe We Are Not Game Devs? Yeah, I'll uh, try to keep it short. So We Are Not Game Devs is a podcast where every week my co-host Alex and myself create a brand new video game uh, that doesn't exist, but it comes from one whoever's hosting the week. We bring our own idea and we flesh it out. And uh, it's, it's something that we've always wanted to be a video game or would think it's a cool video game idea. And we just uh, bring it in and then we kind of turn it into a full fledged video game with the name of the game, price of the game, details, oh, and all nice. that cool stuff. That is awesome. That, I have to say, like, I got to give you props because that is a very original podcast. Like, there's, it is, yeah. there's a lot just Thank like, like yeah. what we're doing of just spewing, you know, what we've been playing and what's going on in the industry. <laughs> but something like that takes a lot of creativity. Um, so I, I've listened to the show and it's it's great. I really oh, recommend I appreciate that. Yeah, I Thank recommend you. it to uh, our listeners to go over and listen to that show because uh, again, it's it's great content. You're not just supporting another kind of funny community content creator, but you're you're listening to a great produced show. So I, I appreciate that. It, it means a lot to me. Uh, Has anyone yeah, the, ever the shows? Sorry, what was that? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the the show was just something that came to me because I was thinking about all these cool ideas for games where I'm like, oh, what if, you know, Persona 5, I like that dating thing. What if I made a game that's just about the dating aspect that's not like typical dating sims? And I just thought of the whole podcast idea from that, just thinking about playing games and just being like, I like this one mechanic. How do I make it better? And can I make a full game out of that? And I just started matching things and just wanted to talk about it, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Has anyone uh, poached any of your ideas yet? <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't have anything directly related to these things that happened. But sometimes, you know, a, a game comes up on the Nintendo eShop. And I look at the trailer. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. This is this one IP that we created. <laughs> or we call our episodes IPs, by the way, if that wasn't clear. Uh, but this like that. AP number 40, where we did a game about bees that pollinate other flowers. They totally <laughs> copied us. But, I mean, obviously that's not the case. But it, it's happened a lot of times where, like, that was an idea that we had on our show. It's crazy that these games are coming out when we had the idea. And then there's a similar game that comes out, like, weeks after. Like, some one time it came out the same 
week that we created that game, that same week, a game that we thought of pretty much came out at the same time. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's wild. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for for joining the show. When does uh, We Are Not Game Devs come out? Is that that's a weekly show? <laughs> yeah, it's a weekly show. Comes out every Friday at a certain time when it goes up. <laughs> Perfect. There, we we run into some issues, but uh, no, that's totally fair. It's <laughs> it's the same same thing here. Like, cause well, even it's crazy right now. Cause for the listeners at home, it sounds like maybe if this is your first time listening to the show. Like you might see a little bit of inconsistencies in the the audio mixing, but uh, we're not sitting around a table here. Like we're spread across four time zones right now: Pacific, Mountain, Central, and Eastern. Oh, really? So, yeah. I thought you guys all were like kind of in the same area. Where, can I ask where you all are from on live right now? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Okay. Okay. I was like, I don't know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's in that's, Canada. That's it makes fair. more sense. It's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I live just north of Austin, Texas. Oh, cool. And I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, I've never been, actually, I've never been to any of those places. I don't know why I was going to think about <laughs> Pennsylvania specifically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm out in uh, Los Angeles out here in California. Okay, so. nice. Nice. That's, That's awesome. crazy, though. Yeah, I didn't right? know that you guys were all spread apart like that. Yeah, well, I, I started the show by myself, and um, then I met Adam on Reddit as well, Um me and Garrett had known each other bef- uh, from a previous podcast that we were doing. Um, and then, yeah, Garrett just kind of joined in on the show full time starting this year. So, um, yeah, it's like the power of the Internet, right? And right. just finding yeah. people and connecting with them and then, you know, producing content is pretty cool. So the kind of funny best friends have no borders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, same thing with uh, this show. Like it, it airs Tuesdays. I guess. Well, I let's do the rig- rigmarole here. So uh, t- today's show is going to be about E3 and is it dead? We're gonna ask that question. But you know, that's a pretty generic question that's kind of asked on several video game podcasts nowadays and in the video game industry. But what we wanted to do is kind of just give our own personal takes on E3 and talk about what we think of E3. Do we watch it? Do we like it? You know, talk about the current state of E3 and where it's at right now with, you know, big omissions like Sony not being there. And then just recently announced Jeff Keighley, a prominent figure in the video game journalism industry, backing out from uh, being there this year. And then talking a little bit about the future of E3. Is E3 going to continue on? Because we kind of see this, you know pattern of e3 having a harder and harder time each year you know big big companies and people pulling out um so just kind of talk about e3's future and if it even has a future in in 10 years from now so that's what today's topic is going to be about and then the usual what games we've been playing and the question of the week but before we get all to all that uh, just a reminder that games are fun is a weekly podcast where we come together and talk about uh, recent game releases and major industry topics. The podcast airs every Tuesday. It's available on all the major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you use and it should pop up on there. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, um, make sure you subscribe to the show if you enjoy it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could just take a couple seconds and leave us a review on there. A couple of you have already done that. uh, And I know that a lot of you listen on Apple 
podcast. So just take take a couple seconds because that really helps um, helps the grow the show and bring in new people and stuff. So that would be greatly appreciated. Housekeeping for you: we have a another game giveaway going on this month. Last month we gave away a copy of NBA 2K20 for Xbox One, and this month we are giving away a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn for PS4. Um, so this is a digital code. It's available uh, just for North American PSN accounts. But if you head over to our Twitter page at GamesAreFunPod, you can look at for the pinned tweet and it gives all the instructions on how to enter. Basically, just find the tweet, got to retweet it, take a friend, and just make sure you're following our Twitter account, which is, like I said, at GamesAreFunPod. And link for our Twitter page is in the show notes. So it should be easy for you guys to find. And you have till February 29th to enter in on that contest. So you still have quite a bit of time. There's only a, like a handful of people that have entered so far. So your chances are good to get a really solid game. So. And it is a very good solid game. Yeah, Sorry. it is. It <laughs> Taking is. Taking over for that. <laughs> Brendan, pause there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's it for housekeeping, uh, for the show. But before we get into the topic of the show, uh, Adam, I'm going to throw it over to you because you wanted to mention a couple things. Yeah. So, um, just real quick, wanted to mention, you know, uh, I'm sure listeners, you've heard me rant and rave about my love for GDQ and speed running and all that. Uh, so I just wanted to put it out there. If you miss GDQ or if you're looking for the next, uh, speed, speed gaming marathon, uh, ESA Marathon on Twitch uh, is currently running starting today, and it runs a week long, 24-7, uh, supporting the Save the Children Foundation, so uh, all donations go towards that this week. Um, so really any, you know, any type of games you're into or um, or whatever, you know, they, they play them, they run them, it's extremely entertaining. Um, just for instance, there was a, uh, there was a run, a co-op run of, of the House of Dead 3, um, or House of the Dead, whatever it's called. And uh, it, it brought back memories of me and my brother, Steven, who's been on the show a couple times. Uh, there was a movie theater we would go to when we were, we were a little younger, and we would play the House of the Dead game that they had in there in the arcade machine. And one day we, we were just determined, because uh, we, we would play it a little bit each time we would go, and we were determined we were going to beat it one day. So we ended up spending like 20 bucks on, <laughs> on credits for this game just so that we could beat the damn thing. And uh, it was so much fun. So it was, it was fun to watch you know a couple guys go through and just run, run and just um, beat the crap out of that game. And, and, and that's what they do a lot of. They just, they just really beat the crap out of these, these good games, mm-hmm. bad games, whatever. So um, it's just a ton of fun. Make sure you check it out. They do have two uh, Twitch channels, ESA Marathon and then ESA Marathon 2. And uh, ESA Marathon, the regular channel, just runs all the time. Uh, their second channel only runs certain hours of the day, but uh, you know, for those times, you have two streams to choose from. So, awesome! Yeah, that's great. That's really I, cool. I, uh, I was into like once I met you, it was like opening up uh, a new world of video games. Like I knew about GDQ, but I didn't realize like that's the kind of only major marathoning event that I really knew about, I guess. And then. Um, since I've met you, like you've brought, mentioned so many different ones or you're tweeting about different things going on and it's, it's really rad. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, Adam, are you like a big fan of speed running then? Is that like a big, uh, passion of yours in in like the video game community? 
so I, I aspire to to speedrun games. I actually <laughs> I can do I I struggle to call it a speedrun because it's not nearly as good as some of the you know the best players in the world. But um, I I play a lot of Super Metroid. It's my favorite game of all time, and I can play the game fairly quickly. Um, I think my best time was like an hour hour and fourteen minutes, something like that. Um, wow. So not terrible by any means, but you know uh, the fastest runners go you know, between like 45 and 50 minutes, something like that. So it's, it's, it's well off of world record pace, but it's, I'd say above average in, in terms of speed. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I would take more than a few dozen hours. (laughs) So I I think, I think you're good there, man. That's really cool though. I, I don't know very many people personally or even digitally that are into speed running. Like I sure I'd watch, something I'm into, like a game that I'm into, like I'd watch something on YouTube or whatever, but I've never met anyone that's like super passionately into it. And I've always thought of it as a really cool part of the video game community. It's just, I've never really ventured into Mm -hmm. it too deep myself. Yeah. Yeah, It's surprising. Even, even games that you think you might not be interested in or games that you don't recognize can still be a lot of Mm -hmm. fun to watch speedrunners go through and just, destroy it either by just being like super awesome at the game or just by exploiting the craziest glitches to try and try and get through it so like any way they do it it's just it's a lot of fun yeah. i was gonna I, say I, I'm, that, I'm in this oh, sorry oh go ahead no you're fine go for it Jay. there there is a website where you could check like speed run times right i i don't know what it's called um, um yeah i'm i'm not 100 percent. it might be it might be srl um i think that's what it is yeah 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 and there was one game that I was like, maybe since I love this game so much, if I learned it, I'm sure I could beat one of those speedrun times. But I'm probably just thinking I'm like I could do it as fast as the professionals can. But uh, there was a moment where I thought about it. <laughs> nice. It's never nice. too late. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with speedrunning that I've always been interested in trying it myself, but it like even games that have are old like they're constantly finding new glitches and like it's something that like is continuously like they're changing routes and the way you kind of speed run the game so it's like even Mm. when you learn a way two or three four five months down the line depending on how broken that game is you know they could find new routes that totally you would have to remap the way that you learn to play it. So it's like, that's why it's so impressive. Cause it's like, not only are they really good at playing it this way and doing all these technical tricks, it's like, they also are finding new ones and changing that whole path that they, they use to play the game. So yeah, I don't know how they have time to play anything else because it <laughs> seems like you have to pretty much just dedicate yourself yeah. to one game yeah. if you want to be I, good at it. So I think that's the challenge because I like to play so many different games, especially all the, the great new ones that come out. But mm-hmm. it's like if I ever want to like realistically try and be a great speedrunner, like I need to be able to dedicate like more time and, and maybe not play some of these new games mm-hmm. that come out. That's just a it's a hard decision yeah. to, to make for sure. All right. Well, let's let's jump into this big topic of E3. But before I did that, I wanted the listeners to know a little bit more about you, Jay, and your your history of video games. So what I want to know is, you know, what when did you start getting into video games? Um, you know, what kind of consoles have you owned? Which ones were your favorite? What were your favorite uh, video games or franchises? And uh, yeah, let, I'll throw it over to you. Go Go for it. 
Yeah. Uh, so first thing I should mention is my memory works very weirdly. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what came first, what comes after. I just have memories. Sure. Um, and I've always been into video games as long as I can remember. I have uh, a cousin who was really into video games, and I got a lot of his hand-me-downs. So he gave me his Super NES, and I played that for as long as I can remember. Uh, but probably my first video game memory that is significant to me is playing Donkey Kong cabinets in, I don't know where I would play these things, but out in public when my mom or dad is doing something else, I would ask for a couple quarters and play some Donkey Kong. Uh, and that's what really got me into it. Donkey Kong Jr. blew my mind. That game was like huge for me. But video game, my passion for video games didn't really start until my the same cousin I mentioned before with all the hand me downs mm-hmm. uh, introduced me to a game called Monkey Island: LeChuck's Revenge, and that game pretty much changed my life. And at the time when I was, I so I'm Korean American, and when I was very little, I was taught Korean first, and uh, so I didn't know English very well. And I remember I would go whenever I'd visit my cousin's house, he would be playing some game and I would tell him to stop immediately, turn on Monkey Island so I, uh, I could play. But I didn't know English. So I had to have him translate everything that was being said in the game wow. into Korean to me so I can understand what's happening. And it's a point and click adventure game. So it right. was way beyond my what well, I was like three years old that a lie i have no idea how old i was i was probably (laughs) like five or six and uh i i just was obsessed with this game you know and that's what really started my love for video games it it, very centric around my cousin who uh really got me into all this stuff that's awesome that's uh, i don't get a job in localization (laughs) sorry what was that what was that he should he should get a job in localization, <laughs> yeah. right? He probably hated me looking back because he was a uh, like uh, he just graduated college. There's this little brat that's coming around his house, making him stop playing like Doom, whatever he was playing, so I could play Monkey Island too. <laughs> uh, but he eventually he gave me his CD, and so I was able to um, play it at, at my own. And I eventually learned English, and it took me like five six years to beat Monkey Island because it. I'd, first, I didn't know English, and right. then I learned English, and then it's a point-and-click adventure game for teenagers and young adults, yeah. and I'm this little kid totally into this game. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely my favorite video game of all time, uh, Monkey Island 2, nice. The Chuck's Revenge, which says a lot about me as a person, <laughs> I guess. That's awesome. I love it. That's a, that's a great... Uh great story um what about today like what kind of games are you a fan of yeah so right now i am obsessed with apex legends nice uh, yes which i just can't stop playing if you guys are on playstation and want to play apex legends with me paper papers that's p-a-y-p-e-r papers uh I love that game, but besides that, I, I play a lot of random assortment of games. I play first-person shooters. I play JRPGs. I play Western RPGs, um, action adventures, first-person stories. The The only things I pretty much don't touch are sports games and uh, racing games, which I guess are sports games as well. Sure, so, yeah. Sports games, yeah, that's pretty much what I don't play. <laughs> yeah. But everything else I, I, I'm heavily invested into. Uh, like, recently I just finished Judgment. Um, oh, nice. which is the spin-off Yakuza game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by Re- 
Rigoku Riga Goteku. I know who I you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the developers of that game. Um, <laughs> which, if you don't play Yakuza or into or into the Japanese like style games, you would never know what Judgment is. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking about planning, platinuming it, but in the last couple of days, I argued with myself in my brain, like, should I platinum this game? And I decided today, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to delete <laughs> it. I finished the game. Yeah. And these drone races suck. So I'm yeah, not yeah, do yeah. <laughs> Lots of. I think you just made Luke's day. It gives yeah. him a chance yeah. to talk about Yakuza now. <laughs> I was just going to say, oh, are you a big time Yakuza fan? for our fan? weekly segment. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Yakuza fan. Oh, um, that's awesome. I've never, I like. New, a new newly yakuza a fan like i i not until this generation you know mm-hmm. where they become really accessible on playstation 4 have i jumped in with them but uh yeah i just got like the i just uh it's like kind of a the physical edition of yakuza 3 4 and 5 remastered so i just right. booted up that just came out right yeah yeah 3 and 4 came out digitally i think in the fall but the fifth one launched and so they I got like this physical collection because I, I like the steel books on yeah. the Yakuza games, and uh, so I've been playing that. But that's why I was kind of laughing that you brought it up because I'm like, hell yeah, here we go. Let's talk. <laughs> I'm totally game to talking about anything in that franchise. So. What was the special item that came with the special edition for those? <laughs> so it was not a great special edition. Oh, okay. I did this little like unboxing video um, for our show, <laughs> and it was a. So it, it comes in with two cases inside a cardboard sleeve. The one case is um, not like a typical PlayStation 4 case. They have a specific name of the style of this case, but it wasn't a steel book. It was like kind of like a cardboard with a, you know, Kiru's... Kind of uh, like a folio type thing. Yeah, and it has okay. like the, yeah. the art on the front. It's red, and then it comes with two discs, Yakuza 3 and 4 on one and Yakuza 5 on the other. And like a sticker and then like okay. um just the the coolest part honestly was all the pe- producers and game directors and series directors um had like little paragraphs on this case that talked about oh, you know cool. working yeah. on the yakuza games and talking a little bit about its resurgence this generation stuff so that was really mm-hmm. cool to kind of read but and then the the bonus kind of thing added to this was a and I'm not even kidding. It was a empty PlayStation 3 Yakuza 5 case. And that sounds really random, but basically Yakuza 5, when it launched on PlayStation 3, it only released digitally. So it was not... Oh, interesting. There was no... Uh, in the West, that is. Um, yeah. It, there was no Western physical release. Huh. And so uh, I guess it's like... And it's funny because it's not even a PlayStation 3 game. Like, all you could really do is take the Yakuza 5 for PS4, I guess, put it in there, and like, or just yeah. have the empty case sitting on your shelf next to your other PS3 Yakuza games if you're a collector. But yeah, like, it kind of sucked compared to like Yakuza 6, where you could get oh, a thing dude. with like glasses and coasters and a book yeah. of art. And it's like, if, if I knew how much, so I've only played Yakuza 6 and Judgment, which okay. is a weird way to play Yakuza. But I loved my ride with six, not knowing anything. anything I about had the no idea yeah. what was going to happen. And if I knew I would love Yakuza Six as much as I loved Yakuza Six, I want those freaking. I want that glass. I want those whiskey rocks. Yeah, yeah, I want right? all of it. Yeah, <laughs> I I've been holding off on buying it now that I have three, four, and five. Even though I haven't beat them yet, um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready to now. I think that 
one of the special editions has like dropped in price quite a bit. So yeah. I'm going to pick it up and then, yeah, like I'm eager to get in on judgment and then Yakuza sevens coming out sometime. I this know, year. Right? So it's no shortage of games. <laughs> Have you not played Yakuza six? No, I told oh, myself, no. so I played Yakuza zero, Yakuza Kiwami one, Yakuza Kiwami two. And yeah, that's it. I, Cause I wanted to, before I played, I wanted to know all this backstory right, of Kiro right. Kazuma. And so I, um, which like, even now that I'm on the, I guess, fourth game, including zero, like he has like a crazy, crazy story. So I'm, I don't yeah. regret it, but man, it's been really hard. <laughs> Let me tell, when you finish the entire Yakuza series, come talk to me because sure. I want to know your, uh, with your being playing all of the Yakuza games mm-hmm. and having that journey with uh, Kyudu versus me just jumping to six and be like, I, I, I got this. <laughs> right. Let, let's just ju- go straight into the newest one. I want to know the difference in like how that story is right. heartfelt to you. Because I could tell playing Yakuza 6, like, man, this is all fan service for the Yakuza fans out there. And it's just blowing all over my head. <laughs> yeah, but sure. It's ridiculous. And I love it. And it's crazy. Like, Yakuza 6 is so, so, so good. And I'm excited to hear what you think about it when yeah. you do get to it. Uh, but judging from uh, Adam and Garrett's just dead <laughs> silence right now. <laughs> well, I think they're probably at that point where, especially because the last couple of weeks with me getting this remaster, I've talked about it, I think, every <laughs> week. And I just yeah. finished up uh, Yakuza 2, like, in January. So I... I've been talking about it a little bit, but <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I'm just That's waiting hilarious. for them to to hit Game Pass so that I can yeah. jump in. So same. You're supposed yeah. to if you. I don't know if you have a Xbox, but um, yeah, Yakuza Kiwami one and two. I don't know about zero. Zero as well. Is it on zero? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like the first three, you know, in chronological order, are timeline wise are going to be mm-hmm. playable on Xbox. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. I I don't own a Xbox, but I have a decent gaming PC, and I've thought about getting Game Pass for PC, because it's pretty much the same, I think. It's Um, a lot of crossover, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I... I, So, what consoles do you guys mainly play? So, I'm mainly uh, PlayStation 4 and some Nintendo. Uh, What do you guys... So, Xbox for some of you, or all of you. I think all three of us have all three current yeah, consoles, okay. but I'm, I mainly play on Xbox, just play exclusives generally on PS4 and, and Switch. Interesting. I've never owned an Xbox. Oh, yeah, no. there's, well, not a lot of people have, according to how many <laughs> yeah. units have been sold, but yeah. um, that that's fair. Like, yeah, like, we're, I... I've always grown up in the Xbox ecosystem, and I think Garrett has a well. We actually talked about mm-hmm. this last episode a little bit, uh, talking mm-hmm. about our uh, what generation, what console we have for each generation and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, this generation, I've definitely swayed more to the PlayStation side. And uh, but Adam, you you play quite a bit of your switch i would say out of all three of Mm -hmm. us you probably play Mm -hmm. the most nintendo switch yeah i play a lot Mm -hmm. of switch i'm i i mean i grew up as a nintendo kid so yeah i've always kind of had that bias towards towards nintendo so that's like um that's kind of my my i don't want to say main necessarily but like that's my my indie machine that's my nintendo exclusive machine and i do go back to that well quite frequently 
Awesome. Well, that was uh, our weekly Yakuza segment for (laughs) for this week. Uh, Tune in next week to hear me talk about it some more. Um, But no, for sure, like you gave me a great idea just now, Jay, of when I do get to that point. I think that would be a great show idea um, of even you coming on and talking about it so we could have those two perspectives. And then I could kind of, yeah, talk about uh, this. Because when you think about I've yeah, I've been playing these games now. Well, since Yakuza 0 came out on PS4, which I think was in 2016. So, like, it's been, like, a, an adventure of playing playing these Yakuza games. So that's a great idea of just talking about my experience with them. So, I will replay the story of Yakuza 6. Just so we can, yeah. yeah. To do that podcast. That's you. a good idea. Because I, I would relive that craziness yeah. again. Just, just so we could talk about it. Because... I mean, it's been maybe two, maybe three years. Yeah, since I it's played been a people. couple of years. When, yeah. when did it come out? Uh, it came out in 2017, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while since I played it. Um, so I'd have to get a refresher, but mm-hmm. I'm down. Because awesome. uh, Yakuza 6 <laughs> is crazy, and it's a lot of fun, and yeah. I love it a lot. There you go, Adam and Garrett. It's not. It's not just me. We there are some <laughs> some fans that uh, can speak highly of. It. It's just. It's funny because Yakuza is like. It's so weird and so like hard to get into, but once you get into it, once you just give it that chance, like you'll just kind of fall in love with with it. I think. Can so. I can I spoil one mini game for you? That's in Yakuza oh, Six. That go for it. <laughs> there, there's a mini game in Yakuza Six. You guys aren't gonna believe it when I tell you. Uh, <laughs> I probably will, but <laughs> you go into a PC room, right? Which is like a, a Asian thing where you go and pay per hour to play pc or not <laughs> mm. just it's like an internet cafe right yeah. mm-hmm. uh so you go in there and there's a mini game where you you go on the computer and then you go to this website and you literally just have a conversation one on you pay for a premium one-on-one conversation with a cam girl <laughs> and oh what's crazy is that the the image that they're showing you it's not some digital girl that they it's like live action right it, it's live yeah. action video oh, of wow. a real japanese woman <laughs> in a bathing suit they don't go too crazy with it <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't get too excited uh, she's in a bathing suit and she's just saying weird sweet nothings to you and um yeah. yeah, that's that's a mini game. <laughs> yeah, in that's Yakuza great. Six. That's a lot of that is in the early games too. Um, but you don't yeah. really get a chat with. Well, actually, yeah, you do. So <laughs> that game is in two. But I'm not familiar, for the record, with it too much. I didn't spend too much, <laughs> much time in it. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This has been fun. Let's uh, let's get on that uh, main topic of E3. So, where I wanted to start off is kind of just each going over our personal takes on E3, um, you know, uh, what is our history with it? Is it something that we've cared about? Is it something that we watch every year or we just kind of wait for the highlights that come out of the, the conference? So uh, I'm going to start with Garrett um, to kick things off. So Garrett, what is your take on E3? Yeah, sure. So I typically... Um most years I watch all the conferences live as they're happening. Uh, this past year I was pretty busy the week of E3, so I ended up just doing the highlights deal. But um, yeah, it's always a really good time. I try to make sure that I'm free and that I can you know, be there to watch all the latest announcements and that kind of stuff. Um, 
it's usually a, a pretty fun week in my opinion, but it seems like it's it's kind of going downhill as 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 the years roll along. So we'll we'll see. I think that's what we're gonna kind of get into here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Adam, how about you? Yeah. So uh, for several years, uh, many years now, I would you know take off work. I would make sure I had time off work so that I could uh, get together with friends and we'd sit and we'd watch the conferences and. Um, you know, just kind of fanboy over all the all the cool announcements and everything that came out of those. And um, now recently, it's it's weird. We don't do that quite as much because they're so spread out over the weekends uh, prior. And it used to be all just on Monday, and mm. it doesn't really do that anymore. So um, it's starting to get to the point. Like, is it worth taking the time off work still to to watch all these live? And um, so it creates a, a little bit of a conundrum. But I still I still enjoy it. Right. I, uh, sorry, Jay, how about yourself? What, uh, do you ever watch the E3 press conferences? Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't normally watch live cause I don't normally just like ask for the day off mm-hmm. to watch E3 press conferences. Cause like you said, uh, Adam, that they are kind of spread out. I don't want to ask, you know, for three days off, uh, just to watch E3 press conferences. But um, I, I do try to keep myself off Twitter, social media, and everything, mm-hmm. so I get the surprise because I do like watching the entire press conference through. Yeah. Um, as in order as they happened at E3, you know. Uh, so I try to do that like once every night. If I happen to have the day off, I would watch the ones that I can live. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has only been during my adult life. When sure. I was younger, I used to just watch the trailers on YouTube or maybe a couple of uh, clipped out bits of what people thought were funny or like if it was something I really cared about, like Final Fantasy versus 13 at the time, I would like watch that segment of uh, that press conference, you know. But um, yeah, lately I, I want to watch the entire press conference because recently I've been more into the actual industry rather than just the games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at too. Of when even like at the beginning of this generation, I would watch them, but it was kind of just like, oh, it's E3. I let's catch up. Like I watched the, you know, when we we're I guess it would be 2013 when they were talking with PS4 and Xbox One and just getting hyped for that next generation. But even a couple years after that, I was just kind of whatever. And then, you know, I, I started seeing their value of having those, you know, really hype moments of big reveals and stuff. And that's kind of what I, I finally understood why people kind of, why this is such a big deal. I didn't realize that so much is generally shown at these conferences. And then as I really got into it, and then of course today where I'm pretty much talking about video games every single week, like, yeah, I'm, I'm always keeping up with watching these types of things. Um, but yeah, like it's uh, it's kind of interesting on how it's been shifting, um, and I guess that's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit today is just how even this generation from the start of it, what E three was to today, and you know we've there's been a lot of different changes since then. Um, just to mention a few, and we can kind of go off on some of these if you guys want, but. Um, you know, looking at Nintendo not holding live press conferences on a stage and now turning to these directs, right? Um, which is something that is basically 
people are kind of following them, you know, with, with Sony doing their state of play presentations and other people putting on these kinds of digital presentations that they can just upload to YouTube or onto social media, just like that, not having to spend all this money on making a big production and stuff. Um, you know, so that's something that's happened in the last couple of years, you know, even people have pulled out like Sony not even attending, um, Microsoft not kind of at E3, but like kind of not like for the people that are at the event, you know, it's kind of weird because like they're across the street in the Microsoft theater kind of doing their own thing, but at the same time as E3. So it's kind of like they're still part of E3, but they're kind of not. And then, you know, with this big news of Jeff Keighley not having the, what is it, E3 Coliseum Live or something like Mm -hmm. that, where he you know, has this talk show where he gets to talk to developers and, and stuff like that. Like, it's just crazy on how much is it's changing. So what, how do you, Garrett, how do you feel about the state of it right now? Do you think it is having some trouble or do you think this is just a hiccup in E3's timeline and they'll recover from it? Um, yeah, so just real quick, I think that Nintendo switching to the direct format is really what's kind of kicked all this off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we're going to see some sort of change in the way that, that E3 is done. I think this, this year is going to be really telling on, on how things are going from this point forward. Um, yeah, I think that we're just kind of in a lull right now. I think things are going to change. I think a lot of companies are probably going to switch over to the same type of thing that, that Nintendo's doing. And I don't know that everyone's going to want to put everything into that same week, uh, as things have been in the past, because, you know, as we've seen with PlayStation, they can own the the headlines for several days if they just do their own thing away from everybody else. And I mean, it just kind of makes sense for any company that wants to, you know, have the buzz be all about them. Why would you, why would you want to make all your big announcements at the same time as everybody else is, you know? Right. So I, I think that, um, I don't think E3 is going to die. I think that it's always going to be around in some form. Um, but I think that it's going to be going under some radical changes in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I agree with Garrett. I think, I think it is in the process of changing things. And, and I know there's been a lot of complaints whenever they went to the, uh, you know, to the format of not being just for press anymore and allowing the general public in. Um, I know that I, I feel like that kind of created uh, some some issues for, you know, those that were uh, presenting and attending. So I, I think that along with, you know, Nintendo doing, doing the directs, that kind of, you know, and I, I think there's a lot of people just on the outs with, with ESA, the company that runs E3. Uh, the fact that, you know, uh, Microsoft doesn't want to really participate with them anymore. PlayStation doesn't want to participate with them anymore. Now Keeley doesn't want to do it. Like, I think there's um, there's there's something bigger going on with ESA as an organization that people just don't want to do business with. So, I think you know E3 is probably going to be reborn as something new um, over the next couple of years as more of these uh, developers and publishers pull out from uh, the actual E3 organized event. So when you say that, do you mean like, do you think they're going to rebrand this as something new or are they going to keep the E3 name and just kind of change how it's, how, what kind of event it is? I mean, I, th- I think it's going to have to be rebranded as, I mean, as far as I understand, ESA owns E3. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they could just call it E3. Like, I think they'd have to call it something else. So I don't know if it's something maybe Jeff Keighley wants to kind of put his own thing together and bring all these these big name uh, publishers and developers back into in, into something new. Um, but I also know he has a strong feeling about digital formats as well. And we kind of saw that with the Game Awards when, uh, you know, when that came around this year and there was the ability for, uh, you know, people to play some demos from Steam. Uh, so I think he wants to see more of that. Like, I think he wants more people to get hands on with some of these demos and experiences that mm-hmm. people are only getting if you uh, physically attend E3. So I think it'll be something new entirely. It's it's I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. But at the same time, it is kind of sad seeing something that I've loved for so many years and something that I've, you know, like I said, I took time off work to watch the conferences and, and, and things like that and the coverage from the showroom floor. And, you know, to have that slowly start to die off is, is kind of sad. Yeah, no, for sure. Jay, how about yourself? Well, how do you feel about the current state of E3? Uh, well, it's it's kind of like what everyone else has been kind of getting at is right. where I don't think E3 is going to die necessarily, but it is going to have to change in some way. And I think in the future, it will eventually become something else entirely. Uh, and it is less, or it's, it's more profitable to major producers like Sony and Microsoft to just kind of have their own thing instead of paying all this money to rent a space and pay this other company to like promote themselves. But mm-hmm. now with the internet and everything, they could just do it on their own at different times of the year. So they're not competing with each other. Uh, but I think like people like conventions, people like getting together in one spot to meet other people who are, passionate about the same thing so i think e3 is eventually going to become a more of a video game convention rather than like a business transaction meeting type yeah of thing. so kind of like another pax maybe exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah but uh i i feel like they would keep the e3 name because it does have that name recognition and uh immediately when you see e3 you kind of know what it is Mm -hmm. and i think in a lot of people's minds e3 is a pax but they just don't know better you know so if all of a sudden e3 does become completely more of a invite gamers to the city of los angeles to enjoy the gaming all together i think people will still come because in a lot of people's minds they don't know that e3 is usually closed off for press and it's not really open to the public until recently uh and like when i was a kid i thought i could go to e3 you know mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's it's not necessarily the case but i do think it's going to take them a long time to successfully transfer over to that i think it's going to be very slow and it's, it's gonna be really bad for them for a couple of years yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I Going back to your point about letting in the public to, to come to E3, I think was probably the first, another big thing that really shook up E3. And it it had a hard time for, for both the people who, because it, it's kind of a win-lose situation in certain regards to both the companies that put on a presentation and then also the the public that's coming into these shows because now it's open to the public. It's a big, you know, convention and there's going to be lots of people. They, they're they coming in expecting to 
play lots of games and they're doing this for the first time so they're not going to be able to have a flushed out experience for these fans coming in and then also for the developer side of it I mean it had always been this this business convention and now it's being turned into a kind of like a comic con right and that twist and and pivot there I think was more more drastic than E3 expected and I honestly well I I don't quote me on this but I remember Sean Layden speaking a little bit about uh some dissatisfaction with that decision to let in public and it was nothing against fans and gamers who want to come in and experience this but it's just like there's lots of other things like you guys said packs or um you know gamescom in europe for people to have the opportunity to come to a a convention and play video games and and stuff like that where so yeah i think they they need to figure out what e3's identity should be really solidify that um and work at adapting to how the industry is changing right they they clearly can't just keep doing what they're doing or or make small changes here and there to hopefully bring in more people um people are leaving faster than they're coming it seems so they they, they have to do do something i don't necessarily know what the solution is but yeah yeah it's uh it's tough like when I when I was a kid, like I mentioned, I thought anyone could go to E3. It's because when I pictured E3 in my mind, E3 was kind of like the video game version of Comic-Con, where people who love video games go there and there's uh, like not press conferences, but like uh, panels that are just about, you know, this is how to make video games. Mm-hmm. And then here's like a workshop on maybe creating a 3D model in this software or whatever. But, like, that's what I thought it was as a kid. Like, a giant video game convention where you go and play games and meet other people while they also have panels that teach you about video games or about video games. Or if, like, you know, Kind of Funny comes over and does a live presentation. Right. Uh, and that's what I thought it was. And I think that's what it could be. And I've never been to a PAX and I've never been to a Gamescom. But I, I imagine that's kind of, like, what it is. And I feel like that's where E3 could eventually head towards. But I just don't know if that's what the ESRB wants mm-hmm. is to become that. I think they want to be, you know, where Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all come, pay them rent to make the big announcements, to make it like a big uh, ordeal. But I think now what what we've seen recently is they shouldn't chase that. They should make it more of like a, a Gamescom like we were talking about before. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you guys, one of the things that I thought about when I was kind of planning the show out is one of the things I really like when I watch E3 is, you know, those get hype moments of these big reveals that came out of left field or whatever. We like watching them. Are those better in front of a live audience or are they fine just being like a trailer that you watch in like a direct? Like, do you guys have any preference around that? Because like for us, I guess as viewers, I guess it's kind of hard, right? Because we're we're watching on a screen regardless, whereas, you know, people are there live and it's going to have a lot more energy. But do you really think that people are, like have a preference of seeing it live and being in energy as opposed to just being able to do a reaction to it? of watching a video yeah so i think that's 
I think that's one thing that that's actually kind of changed over the years because if you think back to like the early 2000s there was no live streams of these things mm-hmm. that we were seeing like footage that journalists were were taking you know IGN and, and GameSpot and places like that were taking this footage themselves and so we would hear you know the audience reactions and stuff like that but now when we see the trailer you know they kind of they they pull the audio uh, down on the audience and just you're just watching the trailer so I think in this day and age it's not so important anymore to have that audience reaction I think that's something that's kind of changed over the years with how we've consumed these these conferences I think for me, like Nintendo does it does it really well. The directs are awesome, like, and they always, you know, have some sort of surprise in there. That's that's just great to see, and and that doesn't, you know, having it in that digital format doesn't hinder my hype in a single bit. Um, mm-hmm. I am still hyped as ever when you know whenever those big Nintendo announcements come out of these directs, and even when they announce the direct, like that's that's kind of a hype moment in itself, but. <laughs> Um, Nintendo seems to be the only ones that are getting it right right now. And uh, also with Nintendo, um, with them having uh, such a big, you know, I guess, foreign presence, I guess, um, it, it seems like there's always more of a language barrier when they would try to do uh, the, the live events. And mm. so I, I think when it comes to PlayStation and Microsoft, they've always been better suited for those live events and i think when they do those it's i think those announcements hit a little better for me when they when they present it live on stage um you know because the state of plays like they they haven't really done a whole lot for me but then also nintendo is really the only company that's good at keeping a secret too like those are big big hype announcements because you know nobody has leaked those before and uh and so I think that's part of what makes theirs so special. Whereas, you know, we saw with the the most recent State of Play, Resident Evil Three remake had been announced before that that went live. So I mean, it, it kind of took a lot of the wind out of out of their sails with that. And so I think I, I don't know. I just think they uh, they carry themselves a little bit better in the live formats. And I I think I still like that better for those. But um, you know the industry is definitely starting to lean into those digital presentations and, you know, that's totally fine too. So. Would you guys like, um, Microsoft to start doing, cause we obviously Sony has their state of play. Do you think Microsoft is going to start doing like, I know in the past that they've done their like inside Xbox show with major Nelson, but that's kind of more of like, mm-hmm. again, a, what is it like 45 minute show or whatever, where the, you got some people talking around a desk showing different things. Like, do you think Microsoft will do this kind of direct format presentation in the future? I think it's something it's a possibility. that they should consider. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also, I think Phil Spencer likes the stage things as well. He likes those presentations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that's a good point. The, what was it? This E3 or like, yeah, last e3 and just how like he loved showing off all the xboxes that were on stage for all the people that were going to play and having this mm. uh they did the i think it was like gears one of the gears tactics or yeah. gears five when they had the they went underneath the stage and it was like that was last year yeah right. and it, it was funny hearing people talk about that who saw it live in their audience just like 
not really understanding what was really going on at that point because they couldn't see obviously like there were the, we saw great because a camera went down there and there was someone talking to the camera but and that's kind of one of those things that if you go to these shows live you're they're they're kind of produced in a way for the the home audience so that that's the other thing now that that's becoming so popular I've even heard people in the industry talking about, you know, E3 isn't the same going and watching these shows because, you know, they still have great production quality, but they're clearly, it's just like the Game Awards or the Oscars or whatever. They're they're produced in a way that is best for the person watching it at home on, on their couch and not the person that's there in the in the audience, right? So, yeah, I I don't know what, uh, what's going to happen. I... I think we'll uh, we could probably revisit this after E three happens and and talk about because I I do genuinely think that this E three is going to have a very different feel, um you know there's going to be moments uh, during certain press conferences that are just going to sh- I think either drive a point home that they're they need to change now or maybe it will be like okay maybe we're they're not as as bad of a position as we thought they were kind of thing right. But it's just weird because it's like we got new consoles coming out at the end of the year. And I just remember at this point in 2013 just being like pumped for E3, counting down the days because it was like, I can't wait for these presentations where they're going to show off all the games that are going to be there on on launch and stuff like that. And this is like, I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like E3 or a couple months away, but I'm not as excited for it as I have in previous years. All right. Well, yeah, uh, Jay, go well, for it. Yeah. I just wanted to um, say what I think you were talking about. What is it good to still have these live stage events mm-hmm. rather than having like the Nintendo style directs? I think what would be this is just me fantasizing on what would be best for what I think the big three should do, even if, you know, they're probably way smarter than what I could come up with <laughs> but what i think is best is like i i attended every psx from the the playstation experience uh the playstation convention or whatever you yeah. know uh since they started in las vegas up into the most recent one until they stopped it the other year where they would do a press conference and announce some pretty hard-hitting titles you know mm-hmm. like psx mm-hmm. is part of the reason why no man's sky became such a big deal and then it just fell flat on his face is because it was pumped up at this playstation convention just for playstation fans you know and i think like that's a really good way to do a live stage presentation because when you present uncharted 4 and your character just stands there for like a minute the fans there aren't going to care they're, they're going to think it's funny but they're not going to like bring them down for it you mm-hmm. know what i mean because everyone there is excited just to see something right and i feel like that's the best time to do live stage performances because when i was in the audience for psx the first press conference it was like i've never experienced anything like that and then it's nothing like what it is watching it through a stream or whatever yeah, or a yeah. recorded youtube video being there in person it's something completely different and i think that's probably the best way to do it is just hold an event for yourself it doesn't have to be a yearly annual event like psx was but announce like a, a, a event where it's like 
this is going to be the PS5 reveal. This is going to be Xbox, uh, what is it called? The Xbox Series X? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. Um, <laughs> this is the reveal event, and it's open to fans if you pre ordered it or get tickets this early in advance, uh, first come, first serve, whatever. Uh, and they have it in a theater. That can be a live stage performance because the people that are coming to that is either press or they're fans that actually care about it and they're going to make the loudest mm-hmm. noise when it is announced um whereas direct style stuff like what state of play and nintendo directs are trying to do those could be for more what what state of play is doing where they announce the smaller stuff and stuff that they think we should care about or a wide variety of games for everybody uh Whereas Nintendo Directs, they do it really well, where they mix in the small stuff with like the big stuff, or sometimes they even have like the Pokemon Direct or the right. Smash Direct, where it's just based on one game franchise. But I, I, I like the stage events. At least that's what PSX has showed me is like, wow, this is amazing live. And it doesn't translate well when other people are watching it at right. home, where the majority of the people are watching it is at home because yeah. only. So many people could fit and actually uh, go there. Tiny yeah. theater, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but like, there's something about being there and having people there that I think gives people kind of like a sort of like a high. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like it gives press, especially, it gives them a different feeling to it, whereas they just watch a video on YouTube. Right. And you know, I think I think a combination of both those things would really be right. beneficial and. You know, we've seen in the last couple of years Xbox taking a stab at that with uh, XO18 and XO19 last year. The, the first mm-hmm. one, watching at home, was kind of meh. Um, but you watch the audience, and they're, like, crazy, like, ecstatic. Like, they're just, like, jumping up and cheering. And even, like, this, this last one, same kind of thing. Um, and it's great because you have all these people that are, are the... The fans of the platform and they're coming there to see what they have to offer and uh it's great so like if you really you know you're a diehard playstation or xbox fan or whatever you can go to these events and then you know also you know you can't have them every month whatever so have that big one and then scatter in some of these smaller digital presentations throughout the year just to let people know what's being worked on what's coming out and stuff like that i think that could really really be good um it does, you know, it obviously it won't won't be the same um, as E3 of being able to watch multiple ones, you know, bunched in three days there. Um, but I mean, it's kind of sometimes it can be a little overwhelming in a certain way at around E3, right? Because you have so much news being thrown at you and certain things get get lost and, and buried by the bigger stuff. And it's uh, I yeah, I think they need to I think they're the we're at that point in the industry where they're coming up with a new way to really, you know, make sure that the way that they're announcing stuff to the fans is really precise and going to, to make the biggest splash as possible. Right. Um, it, they, they can't, I think the industry is at a point where they're, they're getting bigger and bigger and they need to make sure that these things never fall flat and that they execute them well. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Do you guys have any other points you wanted to talk about E3? I have Real one quick, quick thing. You... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So um, I think the one thing that we as fans and even even some of the media people tend to forget is that 
there's a complete other side to E3 that none of us ever see, and that's the the deals that are going on behind closed doors between right. companies. So I think there will always be some sort of event, uh, whether it's called E3 or, or, or whatever it is, but some sort of event where these companies are getting together and, and discussing things and making deals and, and you know, um, that kind of stuff. So I, just to, to put a pin in, is oh, E3 going to die? I don't <laughs> think it's going to actually die. Um, yeah. But it may, like I, like we've been talking about, it may radically change and it may just become a, a, a business-only event. There's no mm. press conferences yeah. and, and then the companies do their events throughout the year, that kind of thing. So, Like more like a uh, GDC where it's very like business-only and only people mm-hmm. that attend it are going to understand any of the words that are being spoken. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Luke, I'm really sorry to do this, and uh, guys, I'm really sorry, but I've been holding my pee for like a good long time, and I was like, no. I could do it, I could hold it. <laughs> Go but for it. It's going to the point where I'm like, shoot, I don't want to be rude. No, nope. I'm really sorry. I'm guessing, but you're, you're uh, good. You're good. Man. I'd rather do this and be like, let's just get it over with, guys. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. But uh, yeah, I'll be right back. I'm so sorry about. No that. worries. We'll go on. All right. Um, I guess yeah. Well, this is a great spot to uh, to break on moving to what we've been playing recently. Um, so Adam, I cut you off last week cause you had more to talk about than I, we had time for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to start it off with you. Well, I, what, how, how many things have you p- been playing? Well, and it's, just it's actually wise. not a ton. Um, I mean, I, I have three games to talk about, but I, I expect we're going to have some overlap. Right. Um, but the, the one thing I wanted to mention that I didn't talk about last week was, um, that I had finished finally f- played through Ori and the Blind Forest front to back and uh and and it was a really good game. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um there was a couple times where I had I had played, I started, you know, I would I would start new games cuz I'd get so far and then I'd fall off of it and then I would go, you know, try it again and then, you know, same thing would happen. And this time I finally finally managed to play the whole way through the game and and I'm really glad that I did because it's it, it was a really good game. It's it's a Metroidvania style game, which is something I'm I'm super into, and um, and it had some really great platforming sections in it. Um, you know, each each major like uh, temple or dungeon or whatever you want to call it that you go into has like an escape sequence because after you finish what you need to do, uh, there's there's some pretty radical things happening that um, just forces you to have to exit very quickly. Uh, in a different route than where you first entered, and and those were really great because those were those were some really tight, uh, kind of exciting platforming sequences that that I actually really enjoyed, maybe a little bit more than even like the the Metroidvania elements in the game, and uh, and then of course uh, later in the game, the you know we had talked about this you know off. Uh, Kind of off the record in our own chat, but uh, off the, the record, the last, <laughs> I like it. what's that? <laughs> off the record, yeah. Uh, so like the last third of the game, where where Garrett just totally was like, nope, not into yep. it, <laughs> um, which actually ended up being like my favorite part of the whole game because uh, in so much of that section, like you can't touch the floor because you'll either die, you'll take damage or whatever because it's all like fire and lava based. And it requires you to do <clears throat> some really specific uh, platforming mechanics to to use uh, projectiles and, and other things to kind of propel yourself forward. 
to keep yourself off the ground uh, and to one room specifically where you have to use that use enemy projectiles against themselves to defeat them in order to uh, unlock the room to, to continue progressing. And, and all the while there's spikes all over the floor. These things are shooting fireballs at you. There's a ton of them. And it was that it was just so much chaos, but I loved it. I thought it was great. And the final escape sequence was, was just fantastic. I just, I, I had a blast with it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh will of the wisp right. coming out yeah. next month. Cause that, yeah, that's right around the corner. So that's yeah. perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I finally, I finally went through and finished it. And it was yeah. actually after I watched uh, a streamer that I watch. his name's covert muffin. And he runs the game pretty frequently. He even does some randomizers for it. And I, um, I, I watched a little bit of his stream. Nothing that gave any like spoilers or any uh, like. I still really went through the game mostly blind. Like I only caught kind of a little bit of it. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just he he made it look really fun. And I think it was him doing a randomizer, so like everything was out of order anyway. That I couldn't have followed whatever progress he was using. But um, he just he made it look like a lot of fun i'm like you know what i want to try and get back into that and play it and finish it for myself and see what's going on and there wasn't a lot of story in it but um you know what was in there was it was mostly done through just like visual context and it was it was there were some really touching moments in it and um really good game overall nice that's awesome i i will say maybe um one of my one of my pet peeves with it is that outside of those like escape sequences the platforming felt a little floaty and uh, okay. not super mm-hmm. tight or precise, which kind of annoyed me in some some spaces. But um, overall, it was good. Maybe maybe something that is more refined in uh, Will of the Wisps. Hopefully, yeah, I hope so. You, there's a decent chunk of time in between because when did Blind Forest come out? Like that was I think it was wasn't that 2013 ish? Yeah, like it was. Um, I feel like it was, was in 14. Yeah, it was in the 14, early. Okay days of xbox one mm-hmm. so there's been a lot of time that's passed that they've worked on this new one so hopefully it's it's more refined it's more of the the great stuff um and then the not so great stuff they've hopefully just improved on that or changed things right. up and stuff but yeah everyone that i hear who has played that game really enjoys it i don't think it's a game for me because i have a hard time with metroidvanias with my <laughs> o- like ocd of like having to go back to a place to like get stuff or like oh now i have this ability i can unlock this or do whatever i just like i want to make sure that i'm not missing anything as i progress through a game so it's like i have such a hard time like um i don't know it's just how i play my games. they did pretty good (laughs) there were enough fast travel points that backtracking never felt especially cumbersome yeah that's fair then um i guys I'm back, by the way. I've been back for a little bit. All right, perfect. <laughs> good, good to know. We're, we're, I, we'll catch you up. We're talk, we've yeah. moved on from E3, and we're now right. uh, in the last quarter, I guess, of our show, show, <laughs> show and talking about what games we've been playing. So. so I've never played Ori in the Blind Forest, which I assume is what game you're talking about. Yep. But when I saw the reveal for Will the Wisp, I was like, dude, this is the most beautiful game I've ever seen in my life. How have I not <laughs> seen this ever? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it does have a really game. beautiful art style in it. Yeah, yeah. Those for sure are on Game Pass for for PC. So if you want to play them, you've got the opportunity there. Right, definitely. I, I I'm thinking about it. I do play a lot of Sea of Thieves on my PC because nice. uh, I love nice. pirates. Great game. Um, but I haven't played it recently. I haven't played it since the big update. 
uh, a little while mm-hmm. ago, but it, it's a lot of fun. I love that game. Totally. And more people should play it. Yes, it is highly underrated in my opinion. Yeah, it is. I agree. Very, very much so. So I think what we'll do is we'll probably just go around, because we have some overlap like when it comes to like Bleeding Edge. I think me, you, and Garrett probably... Mm-hmm. have some stuff so let's say because you say you have three let's uh we'll move it to garrett and yeah we'll go around this way and then um if we're on a game that one of us we can just kind of talk about our experience but so yeah garrett take us away i guess i'll go ahead and just we'll just hop into bleeding edge now because um sure that was really the only new thing i played this week other than i played like an hour of division two really just got through the tutorial stuff and then put most of my time into apex this week but um Ooh. as far as bleeding edge i uh Hopped into that today, went through the tutorial, and played a one match, and I just don't think it's going to be a game for me. There's nothing wrong with it. It's 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 a it's a cool game. It, it seems like uh, a lot of people are having fun with it, but um, I was just like, man, I just want to play something else. So, um, so basically, you th- if you guys don't know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so was it not a game for you because it was like you said, just weren't in the mood for that style of game, or was there certain things within the game that weren't? driving with you i don't i don't really know to be honest i mean it seemed from everything that i saw um before i played it it seemed like it was going to be something that was up my alley but as i was playing it i just didn't feel like i was having that much fun i felt like you know as far as multiplayer games i i know pretty quickly whether i'm going to have a good time with them and um i'm probably going to give it a couple more matches just to be safe but um if for those of you that don't know this is a third person action game it's a melee based game think of think of like overwatch but melee based um and um yeah i mean it seems like a really cool game it just doesn't seem like something that i'm going to be able to get into far enough to to really have a good time with it so i know you guys had some other opinions on it and i'm I'm happy to hear what you guys thought about it um yeah i guess i'll go the I kind of was interested in this game when it was announced more so for the fact that so it's from Ninja Theory who made mm-hmm. Hellblade which is a single player narrative heavy narrative game um very dark and ominous um and very original in its story and everything like that and then you get this game that they announced that was it was announced that it was in development before Microsoft acquired ninja theory so this was something that they already kind of had on the go um but i believe it's still an xbox exclusive maybe on pc i'm not entirely sure but um i yeah i was kind of like oh this looks cool i i really like overwatch um this looks similar to that with it being um a hero type i guess it's not a shooter because it is melee like garrett said but i was interested in it and then when i saw that the beta was coming out I'm like this is a great chance for me to kind of see and yeah the tutorial is very in depth of like showing everything that you kind of do in the game to what kind of game modes uh to you know power-ups that are on the map and just getting into the minutia of every little thing and kind of what it does so great i off the bat i thought their tutorial was really awesome of like here's how this game works and here you know here's a little bit more information than just throwing you in because I think these games, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand hero shooters and that each person is unique and the role of, you know, support and tank and everything like that, you're, you you need to have a little bit of understanding to play these games. So I thought the tutorial was great, but yeah, when I jumped in my first match, I was like, shit, like this is like not what I expected. And it, 
it's mainly, oh, geez, <laughs> uh, it's mainly because you're four v four, and if you try to go out by yourself and you get tag team by two people, like you're done. Like you really mm-hmm. need to communicate as a team and play as a team in order to be successful. Because the next match I did, I play it like that, and I got like fourteen kills, and, I, and we won, and it was awesome. So. It's it's not like Overwatch where you can kind of go rogue and get away with, you know, maybe going on your own a little bit. Um, this one is definitely because you're getting in close, right? It's that melee combat. So you're going to have to get in close to the enemies um, in order to, to fight them. And so when shit hits the fan, like you don't have a lot of opportunity to get out of there because it's all happening right there in front of you. But I really liked it. I think it's... Uh, I want to play it a little more. I guess I don't, I'll have to wait till launch now that the beta is done. But um, it's cool. And I think that if you like Overwatch, you'll probably like it. But it is different than that. It is it is original and unique in its own way. But it has some of those elements of Overwatch that would, will feel right at home, I guess. So Yeah. And I don't want to write it off completely because, um, like you said, it, it is one a game where you communication is key and i was just playing with randoms and yeah. nobody had a mic like, and so i think maybe if i teamed up with some of you guys and, and we sure, got in yeah. there together i might enjoy it a little bit more but um yeah just what i played of it today just just didn't really hit right for me but yeah again i'm, I'm happy to try it again how about you adam you you had a chance to mess around with it mm-hmm. yeah I, I do like what you were saying with the tutorial i thought it was overall it was pretty nice um i think it maybe should kind Went of a little long yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that was that was maybe my my complaint with it is that it it tend to run a little long, whereas the the Overwatch tutorial, like when you boot that game up, like it point. just has you do the tutorial, and it's pretty concise, and it still has you has you learn the game and everything, and um, so if it could be a little bit more like Overwatch's tutorial, that'd be kind of nice, where it's just a little bit more concise. Um, I do also like that you can kind of take certain characters into like a practice room Mm -hmm. and kind of try them out before you take them on the battlefield, which is nice. But, Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty okay. Um, I had some fun with it. I won most of the games that I played. I was, uh, I was actually playing a support character, which, you know, I never really did in overwatch or anything. Like I'm not usually the support character. Like I'm usually like, let me just do as much damage as possible (laughs) type of person. But, I found a support character that I really liked and uh you know I I was playing with randoms and like I said most of the games I I ended up winning and um but there was a game where everyone just kind of tried to do their own thing and it didn't really work out and we we got pretty much stomped but for the ones where we stayed at least mostly together we we did pretty well. So, um, it's, it's a game, you know, if it, you know, if it's on game pass or it's free to play or something, then I'd be interested to, uh, to, to try it some more, but I don't know that I'd really pay money for it. Right. Um, not because it doesn't deserve money or whatever, but, uh, I had a thing happen when, when Overwatch came out and I, I played, I bought it. Yeah. Like I, I bought Overwatch and I, I played that game so hard for, you know, a certain amount of time and I just got burnt out on it too quick. And I'm like, eh, like, you know, I, I had my fun with it and I'm, I'm kind of done. I feel like this might kind of be the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of the consensus I've heard from a lot of people is it's like it's a good game. I think it's a it's a game pass game. Like it's For that sure. game is going to mm-hmm. do good because it is available to this service that has lots of subscribers and people that like us who probably if it wasn't free on Game Pass probably wouldn't go out of our way to spend the money on it, but uh I think it's uh I think it it's it's definitely a games with service so they could totally continue you know making polishing the game maybe adding more things to it that uh are fun just like overwatch has added different things um i think that would uh yeah it'll just we'll just have to see how it's received and if it's received fairly decently then yeah we'll probably continue getting some support and uh and have a, a hopefully a long life cycle so all right um uh, I guess that was bleeding edge. Let's let's throw it over to you, Jay, and talk about uh, what you've been playing. Uh, real quick on bleeding edge, I, yeah. I obviously don't know much about it because I don't play very many Xbox games, mm-hmm. if anything. Uh, but I remember seeing the trailer for it. This was Game Awards, right? Where they debuted it, or was it? I think it was else? at a Microsoft, or I think it was at E3 last year. Actually, was that what it was? There was. I'm trying to remember because they announced that they. I think it could have been XO18 that they did like a mm. tease or something for it. And then E3, like last year, was our first real okay. big I look at it. I think then, yeah, E3 is probably where I saw it for the first time on probably Microsoft's press conference. But I remember seeing it and be like, oh, this just looks like For Honor in Overwatch's art style. Yeah, it kinda, that's a yeah. great comparison. <laughs> but like if, if I were to have had an Xbox, I probably would have played it if I'd be honest, because I like those kind of games. But it doesn't look like, one, that would be on my top priority list of games to play. Uh, just because, I, I don't know, I've, I have I have Overwatch already. I have, uh, if I wanted to play For Honor, I could play For right. Honor. You know, if, if I have Apex Legends now, I have, you know, uh, I had Destiny for a certain point in time of my life where I was obsessed with Destiny glad that's over with uh, <laughs> but yet like you know there's so many of these games already i just can't add another one on top of it you know yeah and i i think like it's trying to play into that it's a very edgy and has a unique art style and but i mean like the characters like they're all very original and different but i mean mm-hmm. so are the personalities of you know your apex legends or mm-hmm. any of the mm-hmm. overwatch characters so like at this point in time it's like well, you've missed the boat on this whole hero shooter type thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but as far as what I've been playing, uh, I did mention I beat Judgment right. earlier. We won't get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then we'll, we'll just go on yeah. another Yakuza <laughs> tangent. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I think, Garrett, you did mention you dipped into Divin- Division 2. That's right. Uh, and so did I. Actually, today, right before... Recording this nice. episode, I kind of got into it because it was three dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, how I think can we you all picked it up, up for three dollars? Yeah, this week? yeah. Like, how can you say no at that point? Like, it's like it's, right. it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? Let's get it. I was, like I mentioned, way too addicted to Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was my New Year's resolution last year to not give Bungie any more money because <laughs> I just I can't do that to myself. And I just started Division 2 today, and I was like, 
fuck, I think they got me. Like, I think, yeah. I think they got me. At <laughs> least for a couple of months, they might have me for a little bit. Because it's... The progression at the beginning is just fast. It's mm-hmm. just fast and it's fun. And, like, I'm enjoying my time. I played maybe for about two hours. And it was a great two hours. Uh, these two kind of funny best friends came on with me to kind of sherpa me in. They're already, like, level 500. Um, mm. And they kind of just, sh- like, gave me, like, because, like, these kind of games, especially ones that have been going on as long as the, uh, Division 2 has been going on, there's things that the game doesn't really explain to you because the audience has kind of grown with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just became second nature with it. especially Division 2. It's not even just Division 1. It's it's the second. I've never played Division at all. Uh, something about the beta for the first Division threw me off and I didn't like it and I never got into it. But for $3, got into Division 2. So these guys are just explaining to me, oh, this is what this means, this is what this means. Uh, these kind of best funny best friends uh shout out to them they're actually the ones that were at kind of funny live too they brought on stage his son who i played with on stage and greg made fun Mm -hmm. of him for bringing such a young kid to kind of funny life three (laughs) anyway that is a non-side shout out to you guys you guys were awesome thanks for the gameplay today but yeah division two i i am afraid for myself and (laughs) the hours wasted I I'm in the the same boat of like I I played probably the same amount as you have Garrett and it was like I could see it's like oh man I got so many other things on the go right now and I really am nervous that I'm going to fall down the rabbit hole and, and get yeah. get into it. Mm-hmm. Um how, when how how far sorry you said no you were like an hour in Garrett uh yeah i I played like the the tutorial Tutorial. and then like the first main mission mission. yeah that's basically Mm -hmm. what i'm on too so i remember when they had the beta for division two i played that after i had played i i actually played the uh the first division and i loved it i thought it was a great game um end game was a little lacking i i felt so i kind of left after completing the campaign but the uh playing the second one it was kind of like okay it's it's more division and then i kind of decided at that point i don't need this game and then uh i was fine not owning it and then of course you know it comes out for three dollars and it's like well how can you (laughs) say no to that like it's 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 almost free like um what can you do so i mean even if i never played i mean three bucks like okay yeah yeah (laughs) All right, uh, just looking at the time here, I think, well, I do want to talk about Dreams. I know you want to talk about Dreams too, Adam, probably. Yeah, I awesome. mean, um, we can if you want, or if you want to save it for next week's show, we can uh, do that. Questions? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll save it for, for next week, because I will have probably played even more by then, and mm-hmm. um, I what I wanted to kind of do is... Um, talk about some of the games that i played that i really like yeah. so that we can mention them on the show and i wasn't as prepared uh i don't have those ready so yeah maybe let's Sounds save that like for next week. segment guys. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i will say it's it's good i i really liked what i played so far um yeah so, yeah yeah same here it's uh have you messed around with the the building yet of a game no, no me either I, I will probably never build anything like it'll just be strictly me playing other people's stuff yeah it's I, I started, like, the tutorial on how to do it, and I was like, not that the controls were really hard, but I was just like, oh, man. Like, it, it honestly, it made me appreciate 
the games that I had played already like a lot more because you see like what tools are at their disposal and like what they were able to create it's like oh my gosh these people people are crazy like they're they're so talented and creative with some of these little games that they've been able to do so yeah uh i only played dreams the first week during the early access i got in and i i kind of just messed around with it and they start you off with it, at least back then, they start you off with the tutorials. Like, you should give these a shot before right. jumping in. Uh, start the tutorials or whatever. And I started them, and I wasn't prepared for the time commitment that these tutorials uh, were asking of me. Yeah. The, in order to finish the first, like, nine tutorial steps <laughs> that there are, that's like, that's like almost an hour and 40 minutes mm-hmm. of your time. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just teaching you like these are the this is how to even open up your menu and what everything in the menu means i'm like oh this is <laughs> it, it's taking an online course yeah. really it is what the say. dreams tutorials are it sounds like college <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, it is it is still kind of like that at least with the like they give you a bit of the general here's how to move around and stuff like that but then, yeah, when you get into the building stuff, it was that's why it kind of stopped is because it was just too, too long of a commitment for what I had available. And I yeah. was like, OK, we'll come back to this. But, yeah, if you guys are at all curious, like tune in next week because we'll we'll talk about some specific games you can play. And that's that's where dreams is incredible. It's like just having it's like a, a mixed bag of indie games. Right. Like it's just all these different games that you can just play. I played some that were like, this is stupid. So I backed out. And then there are others. I'm like, wow, I want to play this over again because it was so fun. Right. So, so that we'll include that in next week. So we can talk about it a little more. All right. So let's move into question of the week. So last week I asked you guys, who's your favorite NPC? What game are they from? And why are they your favorite? And I decided to take it upon myself and annoy some other people on Twitter by tagging them uh, and trying to get some more answers because we were we were a little light last week and I wanted I thought this was a good question because there's so many NPCs out there and so there's got to be a lot of different answers so we got a bunch of responses a lot of them uh, fellow kind of funny best friends so uh, to everyone who has submitted and everyone I'm going to be reading thank you so much for submitting in a response it's awesome that you can contribute to the show and uh, help help create content for us. So the first one I wanted to give uh, to, to talk about is Brian Paquin. Uh, he sent me a screenshot. This was a personal message he sent me of a <laughs> screenshot from, I think it's Pokemon. Oh, this would be the first gym and Gen 1 game. So this would probably be mm-hmm. like Fire Red and Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. The screenshot, it's uh, he's talking to an old man outside of Erica's gym, and it says, ha, 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 this gym is great. It's full of women. <laughs> and, like, that's all this character says to you. And it's really creepy. So he says, the creepy old man outside Erica's gym in Gen 1 games. Favorite NPC. <laughs> and he also wanted to give a special shout-out uh, to any of the Skyrim guards uh of course, you know, arrow to the knee and everything. Just hearing those guys talk uh, as you walk by is quite entertaining. Secondly, we have uh, BJ Bernardo at BJ Bernardo 10 on Twitter. And he responded with, uh, it's got to be Cortana from the Halo universe. You end up building this connection with her to the point where for one game you disobey 
orders to find her. Honorable mention to Sergeant Johnson from the Halo universe. Only a man like he could grab that Ching Ching Heli ass. <laughs> I is that a that's a probably a Halo reference that I yeah. went over my head. <laughs> that's that's the race name of the elites. I so, see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, or the I don't even know. Yeah, I guess alien race name would be what it was. Nice. All right. Well, yes, totally agree. Cortana, very iconic. Um, NPC in general, I would say. Mm-hmm. Then secondly, uh, we got. Actually, I had Jay next. So Jay, why don't you just give your answer instead of me reading? Because you said su- you submitted on Twitter. So yeah, why don't you give us our, your answer? Uh, I so when I see these kind of questions on Twitter, I usually like to respond with the most outlandish something that no one's gonna say just because i like to i like i like to put something out there that no one knows you (laughs) know uh and i said barton fink and they are two characters the first people that you talk to in uh monkey island to lechuck's revenge and i only i don't their conversation's funny you get some laughs out of them they say some weird things like uh he talks about he has a fake eye and he talks about disinfecting it in some alcohol and putting it back in his eye uh which is they do that in pirates of the caribbean but i won't get into this i love pirates i love pirates <laughs> of the caribbean uh pirates of the caribbean the rumor is the writer was gonna write a secret of the monk island movie but that never happens to me in pirates of the caribbean we're not gonna get into that <laughs> what we're gonna get into is uh there is this theme song that plays when you're sitting around the campfire with barton fink and this is one of the best theme songs and music i've ever heard (laughs) the monkey island soundtrack one and two in general some of the best video game music i've ever heard in my life as a video gamer and just as a music lover i frequently go back to the monkey island soundtracks and just listen to the songs and they've changed my musical preference for like ever uh, because of them, I'm really into more like reggae style music, ska music, uh, and just more like Caribbean influenced music is because of the Monkey Island soundtrack. But yeah, Barton Fink, these guys around their campfire, toasting the marshmallows and listening to some really, really cool jams. It's just something that sticks with me. Uh, throughout my entire life i think i whistle that theme song at least once a day Man. and i listen to <laughs> it at awesome. least once a week um <laughs> but a more uh modern reference that people might relate to <laughs> is uh i think sister mirin night sister mirin from star wars fallen jedi order mm, right uh, yeah. she was awesome uh th- thank you for that character she was really good really <laughs> Your uh, your answer when you were talking about the music from Monkey Island, I think because I, I responded um, that I wasn't, it was the one that I was like the least familiar with in terms of answers. And you were talking about the music and that hint, hint, this is going to go towards what next uh, next week's question or this week's question is. So we'll get to that afterwards. But um, <laughs> yeah, so thank you for, for helping me come up with a question unknowingly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so now we got, uh, Kyle Stevenson, who is 
at whodatninja73 on Twitter, and he says, Sully from Uncharted, the voice of reason, sometimes, and a great partner to Drake and his adventures. Uh, he also says, Tiny Tina from Borderlands, pure and utter chaos, and Moogles from Final Fantasy, they're just adorable. I said that right, right? Moogles? Moogles yeah. Yes. Okay, you Final Fantasy nerds. <laughs> <laughs> My first introduction to Moogles were... Kingdom Hearts, thank you very much. Oh, okay. So, oh, my wow. apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got uh, Corey Cudney, and uh, at Corey Cudney on Twitter, and he says, the Noble team from Halo Reach, cheating, because there's five of them, <laughs> was a great team to have in the campaign, worked great together, and was nice to have around. And adding Troy Baker into Uncharted 4, and Sam was also a dope NPC bounced off each other and immediately had that brother banter and then we have uh do 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 ben at please be excited uh he just simply said tiny tina uh, and then i think afterwards he hit hit up kyle and was like i'm also gonna have to say Sol- sully from uncharted so mm-hmm. another sully and then we got um kyle from at it's kyle with three t's and he says, does Zelda count? If so, Zelda. And I was like, Zelda totally counts because in <laughs> yeah. a lot of games, she is a non-player character. So it's a good yeah. choice. Good choice, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a random thing about Zelda, and it kind of relates to my answer with Barton Fink. But there's this moment where I was replaying Twilight Princess because I never gave that a chance because I got it for the Wii. And I was like, I mm. hate these motion controls. I'll never fucking yeah. this game yeah. ever again. Oh, can I curse on this? I never asked. It, honestly, it's fine. It, All right. I threw some out there. I've already dropped I'm sorry a couple curse words. You're, no, <laughs> you're good, man. Uh, but there's this moment when you see spoilers for Twilight Princess where you see zilda for the first time your link comes up the stairs and he's like who am i gonna meet who is this girl she turns and then the theme the zilda theme comes up and <laughs> oh my god i think i i think i cried a little bit <laughs> when that happened and twilight princess not that very good of a game but it takes so long to meet zilda it does and yeah when you finally do and then the theme starts playing and it's like super orchestral and it's oh my god yeah. dude that was, i i that was a good moment <laughs> love it <laughs> All right, Adam, what is your favorite NPC? Uh, so me, and <laughs> because Super Metroid is my favorite game, um, I'm going with the baby Metroid. So <laughs> nice. if, if you're not familiar, uh, the game sets up very little context of the baby Metroid at the very start of the game. It's the only actual text in the game. And, uh, you know, basically samus went to a planet eradicated all the metroids except for one baby metroid that followed her around like a lost puppy and this metroid ends up being abducted by the uh the game's antagonist mother brain and late in the game you get attacked by a giant metroid which upon nearly killing you realizes oh my god i know this person and then starts kind of like doing like like cooing a little bit and kind of following you around some and then, of course, in your fight against Mother Brain, you're you're on the verge of death. Sorry for spoilers. Uh, if anyone hasn't played this game, it's like 30 years old. So um, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is passed good, on yeah. spoilers for the game. Yeah. So you, Mother Brain, you know, gets you down to an inch of your life. And Baby comes in, rescues you, uh, sucks Mother Brain's brains out and restores your life. But then Mother Brain comes back and kills the baby and it was like you had like zero time 
with this thing, but the game somehow set up a connection between you and this thing that made it really sad when it died. And then, of course, it gives you the hyper beam, and then you just wreck Mother Brain and everything else on your way out, um, which was awesome. And then just a quick shout-out to the uh, narrator in Bastion. Um, mm, that was super yeah. cool, like, just kind of narrates every little thing you do and just sounds like a really cool guy at a bar with a glass of whiskey and a cigar telling you his <laughs> story as you're playing and like that's super cool like I, I i never beat the game and i don't have a super emotional attachment to it but i'm like that guy was pretty cool so nice fashion great game also great soundtrack <laughs> there you yes. go yeah. how about you garrett um so i'm gonna go with a more recent one i'm going with lou slash bb from death stranding oh, um very i mean nice. it's kind of an npc it's with you the entire game and has some functions for you but really it's just uh kind of your companion for the whole game and uh man the story that that happens with that little thing is is incredible so i'm not going to spoil anything this one's a little more recent so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten that far into death stranding yet but you th- that thing has a name eventually you call it it Luke? does yes. yeah you All gotta right. get there that's man a story thing <laughs> yep yep and it's funny because huh? it's not like, again, well, I don't know if this is, it's not really a spoiler. It's like when the Lou, when he, Norman Reedus character calls it Lou, it's kind of like, he sa- says it to somebody, like he mentions it as Lou, as like, mm-hmm. oh, he's clearly like become attached and decide to name it without like telling mm-hmm. the player that, I guess. So that's kind of yeah, cool. It just start kind of starts happening and then yeah. you, you find out really? what's going on with that a little bit that's later cool. on. So yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's weird because when I think of Lou, for some reason, I don't know why, but in my head, I picture like this old, like 50, 60 year old man. <laughs> that's just not, that, yeah. that's not what yeah. a BB is. No, that's fair. <laughs> All right, uh, for my answer, I had a hard time like narrowing it down, but um, honestly, I think when I think of NPCs, the games that come to mind are the Grand Theft Auto games because there's your characters are very unique, and you also meet a lot of very interesting characters in in the games. And so, honestly, Roman, your cousin Roman from Grand Theft Auto Four. <laughs> Um, is just such a character, right? Obviously, the memes that came out of his character were hilarious based on the fact that he's always calling you up to to ask if you want to go bowling or whatever. And it's like, um, so like unintentionally, he, he's funny for that reason, right? When you're in a shootout or you're busy doing something and he's like casually asking, like it, it just fit for who he kind of was as a character and stuff. He was a great, you know, comedic foil for the the story and stuff um so yeah that would be i would also give a shout out to lamar from grand theft auto 5 because he has seen him in uh some of the gta online stuff um mm. was great because it was like he was so good in the campaign it was awesome seeing him you know even further in grand theft auto online so yeah so great answers from everybody. Thank you so much again to all the kind of funny best friends who submitted answers to this week's question. We have a new question to issue, and that is, like I hinted at, what is your favorite video game song? So this could be just a song that is part of the soundtrack of game. It could be a theme song, whatever. Um, just let us know what the song is, what game it's in. Um bonus points if you link like a youtube video or something so that we can kind of like we, we won't be able to listen to it on air but then maybe i can check it out before i i mention it on the show so 
you can respond on Twitter. The question is always posted on there, uh, usually a day after the podcast goes up. So on Wednesday, there should be a tweet that you can submit your answer to. Uh, head over to our Facebook page, Games Are Fun. Questions also posted there. Or if you're more traditional and you like email, you can reach us at contact at gamesarefunpodcast.com or luke at gamesarefunpodcast.com. All right, that concludes this awesome episode of Games Are Fun. This was a really, really solid one. Um, Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come in and guesting on the show. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. It, it, it was a really good time. I was honestly a little bit nervous because I've never done a podcast that's more informational sure, like, yeah. like this. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, where can people... It was awesome having you on. Yeah. It's funny, Adam, I think there's a bit of a delay when you talk. So sometimes <laughs> if I'm ever like, it's yeah. because I think it's, of... I think it's Mike. Sorry, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> yeah, it like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but if we're if I'm ever talking over you, it's because there's a, del- a delay there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I hear it too. Well, this is a solid way to end a podcast. Uh, Jay, where can where can people uh, keep up with what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter where I am the most active at, sorry, it's at pound J-E. So like P-O-U-N-D-J-A-Y, last name, Y-I. Uh, which is confusing because my company or whatever you want to call it, at pound, which is at at pound is the branching thing and so i have pound je at pound <laughs> and then i have we are not game devs which is not a twitter handle that's just under at pound but uh yeah you could check out we are not game devs every friday like i mentioned don't want to talk too much about it because this is your show but yeah i would appreciate if you guys come check that out where we make video games that don't exist every single week and i will link uh the twitter page for we are not game devs in the show notes and also i'll probably throw you're on apple Podcasts, right I am. Yeah, yes. so I'll, that's generally, you would say, the most popular one. I can link that one in the show most notes for, yeah, for yeah. people. We're to... also on uh, SoundCloud and um, Stitcher. Right. Awesome. And we also have a web browser. Cool. But that's all that. Awesome. Adam, how about yourself? Where can people find you? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Garrett? I am at LPPanther on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at LukeAllenArm. And, of course... Follow the show on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod. Search us on Facebook, Games Are Fun. Uh, Instagram at Games Are Fun Pod. And that's it. That is the show. So thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of Games Are Fun. It was really fun recording this one. We will talk to you guys next Tuesday. We'll have some more impressions on Dreams. We'll kind of go into that some more. And yeah, enjoy your week. And we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you later. Bye.